Hey, welcome to this 31st edition of Clarity Chat podcast. I will discuss today about being an effective digital business leader. We will talk about the critical role of business leaders in transformation through technology. I will share case studies for each engagement point of leaders with IT. For example, processes, governance, culture, managing change, etc. I will also share how to avoid some potholes that will invariably come along the way. This is the 31st episode of Clarity Chat podcast and I'm excited to discuss with you about being an effective digital business leader. Welcome to Clarity Chat. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent. You get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. What is the agenda of IT? So in my view, and I have sort of, you know, validated this with uh, with, with, with many uh, people, both in IT business as well as from the partners. In my view, the agenda of IT is business processes. Okay, So everything it takes to either... Um, run business processes efficiently, improve their performance uh, incrementally, you know, using the in-process KPIs or transformationally by bringing in new technology, uh, making these processes, you know, seamless, connect them with each other, uh, different processes run in different systems and, you know, integrating them to make them run seamlessly. Uh, you will see that processes is the agenda of IT and everything that has got to do with processes uh, will come to IT. And the fact is that every single function in the organization runs some process or the other. And therefore, every single function is a customer of IT. So let me take this case study of manufacturing IT. Okay, So yeah, I worked in an organization which is, I think now it is almost about 80, 80 year old organization. And uh, there was a traditional way of, uh, you know, manufacturing. And I sought an appointment with the manufacturing head and uh, I actually got a lot of time because it never uh, got into the priority. There were always more pressing uh, stuff uh, happening. Finally, I got time and it was actually, you know, there was a bit of awkwardness on his part in terms of, you know, uh, what do what do I need to discuss with IT? I mean, I don't need IT. And this I'm talking about a, quite a few years back when manufacturing in IT wasn't that ubiquitous, right? I kind of understood that because this is a, a, a problem that I have seen in other areas also when I go and meet business leaders. 
I think beyond the point where we are discussing like, you know, my, my laptop works well, my mail works well, you know, uh, the, the bandwidth in this office is good, the bandwidth in this office is not good. I think those conversations did not go beyond that. And that's where I, I sort of conceptualize this whole, you know, agenda of ITS processes. And that becomes the interaction point uh, between the business leaders and, and CIO. So yeah, we started discussing about manufacturing processes and I said, you know, hey, uh, we need to give you some dashboards which we are working on, which is the demand that has come from you. But I guess the problem is not in the dashboards, but the problem is that, you know, we don't seem to have common business processes across and we don't have common KPIs across. I think that kind of caught his eye and we ended up having a great discussion and that discussion led to a joint forum between manufacturing and IT. We called it MAIT, Manufacturing IT. Uh, and when you pronounce it, it becomes might, MAIT might, which is like, you know, some sort of power. So, and, and this was a forum where manufacturing leaders across all the plants uh, catalyzed by IT in terms of bringing the required information were, you know, discussing business processes, common KPIs, common methods of, uh, you know, uh, measuring those KPIs, IT people validating whether, you know, they align with the best practices, whether they're measurable or not. And, uh, and that forum basically, you know, worked towards aligning first solving the problem of aligning the business processes across all the manufacturing plants and then solving then the solution became a little easier of you know uh, of of creating those dashboards and uh, and automating them in a more efficient manner so doing everything just once and replicating five times rather than you know doing it five times over so so that's uh, the first uh, you know so that's the that's the first engagement point that you have as a business leader with IT is talk about processes, talk about your KPIs, and you know how the current technology sets are where they are working in terms of efficiency, where they are not working in terms of the effectiveness. You know, do you have the right dashboards uh, uh, or not? Uh, and many times you will hear these kind of problems coming back from your technology leaders to you in terms of the process issues which prevent them from doing certain things and and that's why you need to take the ownership right so the next part is governance and again governance is you know uh, is defined as the design of decision making and resolving conflicts in the in the example that i just mentioned about you know the mait forum i think i think you would have guessed it by now that you know governance became an uh, a, a starting point of this discussion. The moment you br bring it to processes, multiple versions of it, I think the next thing comes the governance process, which the leader has to drive because once you have multiple points of view, somebody needs to take a decision and that has to be the business. Leader. So again, in this case study, if you see technology cannot solve your problem because there are other things around there, there are process issues there. Uh, there are people involved, you know, who are used to reporting their performance in a certain way or working in a certain way. So therefore there is a governance required for decision making. And then there's a change management. Now, 
the moment you let's say change the way a particular kpi is defined for someone it will become better and for someone the new kpi will become worse and suddenly you will see that the next month you know somebody's graph will shoot up somebody's graph will will, uh, will come down and and that's where those you know change management needs to be handled you know the, those allowances need to be given and those resistances need to be uh, to be to be managed right so these are the three uh, engagement points with it uh, processes and data governance culture and change processes and data talk about processes efficiencies effectiveness transformation how can uh, we completely change our process with the addition of a new technology uh, governance for resolving conflicts for making decisions and culture and change where you know i think you should ask be asking your technology leaders as to why something is not working what is in what is it in let's say the nature or the behavior or the culture of our department which prevents people from using technology right and what can i do to change it now one of the simplest hacks here i can give you is you know you start using technology yourself and uh, and 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 you know everybody will start using it for example if you start looking at the dashboards from your analytics system uh, everyone will start looking at them uh, you know that the dashboard is wrong, but you still insist that I'm going to look at this. You know, there's somebody down the line in your department and IT who's going to say, oh, no, 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 you know, we need to clean up this. And then, you know, it will again come to some decision making on your part uh, as to how to correct that. But I think your enforcement and your sponsorship ownership will drive that change. Right. I can, I can, I can give you some example of, uh, you know, uh, changing the culture and getting into a data driven culture. You know, we had uh, our customer service department and uh, you know the crm was in place the dashboards were in place and uh, he actually said that i want my entire uh, you know function to be data driven right up to the dealership service manager level now so he was looking at those dashboards and uh, we worked with uh, our customer service head and uh, created those dashboards right at the dealership service manager level you know, again, we went through the same process, you know, harmonizing the definitions of KPIs, creating enterprise-wise definitions, making sure that the data gets rolled up automatically, there's no massaging of that data, and then enforcing uh, the measurement. So, you know, let's say, for example, you did not put in the data rightly, it will show up in the dashboard, and what shows up in the dashboard is the final world. So, you know, from a compliance point of view, the processes would now run by using it because if they don't the data will be misreported and misrepresented and that's that's uh, not something everybody wants so this was you know one example where an analytics dashboard it was called a daily dashboard it was run right from workshop level to uh, the dealer service manager to uh, our people managing the dealers and 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 so on right up to the top levels and and this entire change of creating a data driven culture was not uh, done by IT, it was done by the customer service side. Uh, coming to, uh, you know, uh, some certain certain uh, uh, other things in terms of, you know, when we talk of, so that was like just the basics, but, you know, as you're uh, looking at digital transformation, everything that we spoke about, you know, uh, incremental uh, improvements to your uh, processes, you know, the KPIs and all, everything is going to actually beyond steroids you know you're going to have these devices and iot uh, devices generating uh, you know data all the time you can call it as data on steroids uh, and uh, you know requiring different kpis and dashboards at different levels and you 
I think one of the biggest things that you can contribute to digital transformation is to create a data-driven culture, is to use the system-generated dashboards yourself, engage with IT in creating and uh, you know improvising those dashboards and make sure that you know the same dashboard gets uh, uh, used across so create a data-driven culture as a business leader and uh, work with it to uh, not just you know uh, create those analytics but first clean up the underlying processes and uh, and kpis right so we talked about governance yeah certain other areas of governance you know which are very important is a change of uh, process will typically you know, require changing the responsibilities of people. And that's what creates all the change management uh, challenges, all the decision-making around, uh, you know, other things that we need to change in the organization. So redesigning the roles and decision powers when these systems come in, uh, certain decisions will get automated, certain decisions will need to be done jointly, certain things, you know, you can, um, certain decisions you can take right at the, uh, point of the point of uh, you know uh, that process execution um, so so you will you will need to engage as a business leader to map out or to be aware of these changes that are happening to your processes uh, and take the right decisions so um, just to maybe give you again an example of uh, redesigning the roles and responsibilities uh, so you know we were when we did this CRM uh, uh, the earlier process was that uh, there was a the prices of vehicles were decided by the dealerships right now when crm came it was a central system you know you are getting all the prices from sap then there are model wise you know certain additions like you know your insurance road tax and all of those things that are getting uh, which are actually uh, you know they're city by city they are standard now, there are certain other elements, you know, which dealers used to add on their own, like, for example, transportation, right? Now, when this kind of a system comes, you know, suddenly things changed. I mean, suddenly things kind of got a little murky because, uh, you know, the changes that started coming to IT was that, you know, I want to control this now. It was by design made as a centrally administered element and they wanted a control on it so so we worked with the uh, with our regional manager uh, i wanted to actually get him uh, today here to talk about this particular case study uh, but I'll, I'll probably get him on a clarity chat as a guest and talk about some of these change management and transformation case studies you know uh, he was my partner in the crm transformation uh, so we got into the root cause of it uh, in terms of, you know, uh, why is that kind of thing required and, you know, why they, why the dealers are asking for certain, for something they're asking. And we found that a very funny thing. And, uh, you know, uh, this is the underbelly of processes that gets uh, visible to you uh, as technology comes in. And this is where, you know, your uh, governance and decision making will be required. And, and even, you know, looking at your roles and responsibilities will be required. So it so happened, nobody knew about it, that, you know, if there's the same product which is built in one plant, you know, uh, uh, it travels a different set of number of kilometers coming from a different plant, travels a different number of kilometers, and therefore, like, you know, a different uh, top-up is uh, put on the price for that. Uh, it, it is not how it is supposed to be, but uh, this was an ambiguity which nobody ever clarified, and the dealer, uh, you know, 
just took the liberty of defining prices based on the plant uh, that it was coming from. Now, sounds simple to fix? No, it was not. Because uh, what happens to the quotations you have already given? What happens to, uh, you know, things which are already, which have already happened? So this is where, as IT, we couldn't do anything here. So we had our regional manager who we took these problems to and, and the root causes to, and, and he actually took a decision and we, uh, we ended up creating a new role in the re in uh, sales and marketing which was called as a pricing administrator you know somebody uh, sitting in uh, you know four or five of these guys sitting across india in the regional offices uh, whenever there are price changes they are the ones who would maintain the entire thing and who would upload it into uh, crm and not the dealers and all kinds of conflict resolution all kinds of clarifications will be given by them now imagine, you know, if if you took a hands-off approach, if you were in that uh, position as a regional manager, you took the hands-off approach and said it's an IT problem, the program would fail. So, so there's a so these are you know very very important enablers or you know success factors of the of any IT implementation where you will need to engage. It's all about collaboration, decision making. Then we uh, uh, we talked about. So I think <laughs> what what has ended up happening is. I've taken some case studies which have got all flavors of all of these slides that I have uh, in front of you. So, 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 please uh, look at these, uh, you know, slides in the context of what uh, I have the case studies I have shared with you already. Okay. So, again, data as an organizational asset or personal power, uh, role of leaders in driving culture. Uh, you have to break the silos. Um, you have to drive the culture. You have to be the sponsors of change. You know, you have to be the visible faces. Uh, uh, who's driving change. So again, I can give you a similar case study here in terms of sponsors of change. Now, um, when I was driving CRM, I was actually moving around uh, all of India with a very, very power packed uh, uh, presentation, which I was supposed to make to all the dealers and, uh, and, and, and our own managers, right? I think a couple of these uh, presentations later, I figured out that, listen, people won't trust or people want to believe it or people will not have confidence in the whole thing if I as somebody coming from Mumbai is uh, communicating that message. So the local the local boss or the local king is your regional manager and it's your uh, uh, you know local uh, managers who are interacting with dealerships on a day-to-day -day basis and they needed to have the conviction. So I decided to sort of take a backseat or, or take an enabler role and we quickly, uh, you know, uh, turned around the process in this way that when I come there in the morning, I would first sit with the our regional manager and, you know, I would sort of just clarify all his questions, you know, just just give the big picture. And I would know that, you know, whether he has bought into it or not. And that discussion will sort of uh, go on till he generates, uh, till he gets a conviction because I wanted them to lead the change. Then the next thing was, you know, we would get all the local, all the company managers who are managing the dealerships into, into this conference hall and we would communicate the entire deck to them. Okay. And uh, this would be a no holds barred discussion where everyone should get, must get convinced that this is the right thing to do for the organization. Right. And then comes the lunch. So during lunch, we have the dealers joining us. So dealers are not there in the picture so far. 
and now i know that somewhere informally during that uh, process of having lunch the dealers are going to bring all their curiosities that this is what we've heard this is what we've heard and if we had not done those morning sessions the way we had done uh, i think the answers they would get from our people will be tentative in uh, at best and we didn't want that we wanted those answers to be very very convincing as to this is why we should be doing it by running this forenoon process in this calculated manner we were able to make sure that you know the transition to post lunch when all the dealers are there the dealers approach with it with trust confidence and the clarity which would have got communicated during that uh, lunch hour uh, it's not that everything would get communicated it's just that you know guys this is something you must look at and afternoon no one can sleep then after a good lunch and this really worked because you know we had much less cynical decision uh, sorry discussion with the dealers in the afternoon much more constructive uh, questions coming from them and i think uh, we saw that you know end of the day when we asked for sign offs that hey we agree for us to do come and do this for you uh, we, we just got the sign nobody said that i'll come back so um, this is uh, you know sponsors of change you be the sponsors of change and for all the people from uh, you know from it functions who are out there i think there's some learning here for you as well you know you uh, consciously put your business leaders your business managers you know uh, as sponsors of change uh, because whoever holds the business empowerment whoever holds the power to create that change has to be the one to whom it should get uh, you know passed on uh, and 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 i have always believed in that you know as as a cio uh, yes i have got my own powers but they are in different areas when it comes to managing change when it comes to you know making all the process decisions role related decisions uh, you know enforcement of you know certain uh, uh, rules like for example you know this is how we'll do it from today on so and so system i have never uh, thought myself empowered to basically pass on those decisions it is the business leader who does that and that is what you should uh, be doing and i think the last one here is the command and control uh, runs operations not transformation okay so command and control can run operations command and control cannot run transformation in the process of transformation you have to take people along you have to communicate with people you have to manage change and uh, that can't be done with the, in a command and control manner uh, command and control will only lead to sabotage and i think that's where comes the you know a very important point that who is running the communication is it you or is it your it <laughs> when when i was leading technology i would prepare a communication and i would send it to my business leaders and i would say hey can you send it to uh, you know your people i could have sent it easily but no because business leaders communicating uh, uh, stuff around it has a different meaning shows you as the sponsor and that's a very very visible uh, you know uh, sign that you are the boss out there and you're taking help of technology and i think that's that's how change happens uh, that's how communication should happen i have numerous examples when uh, you know we had any um, uh, okay so there was this customer satisfaction survey i used to do uh, the employee satisfaction survey um, where the first communication would always go from the ceo 
and that communication will design in such a way uh, it used to say that hey you know um, we run such a large organization technology is so important to us and uh, you know our technology department uh, has to understand how it is working for you and for your people and for your function and therefore please give this feedback to them right now when a when a mail from ceo goes like that <laughs> what is what do you think will be the response rate my response rate used to be in the range of uh, about 75 to 80% of course we used to do many other things as well uh, after that my mail would go with with the links and all and then we would actually ask all let's say the top 100 business leaders in the company to send a mail asking for people's feedback to their respective divisions these mails used to go with them so a CIO's mail cannot get you 80% uh, response on, on customer satisfaction. But every business leader asking his people, his or her people to give you to give you that feedback can uh, do that magic. So um, I think we are, you know, uh, so our next uh, section and the final section is about avoiding certain potholes. Okay. And that's a very interesting section. I have lots and lots of experiences there, you know, uh, where I had to really coach my business leaders. Don't get into this pothole. Don't get into, don't get into this pothole. And uh, I think the biggest one, the biggest theme that cuts across all of these is Hotel California. So wait for the next section while I bring up some questions uh, from the audience. I've got lots and lots of them uh, here so let me bring them up okay so here i have a question uh, can you share personal or anecdotal incident about trust building development business between business and it how do we justify it ongoing investments upgrades to a distrusting business okay this is now this is really sets this is really interesting <laughs> I think I think I think the trust is inherent in your actions. Okay, so everyone is looking at you. Why do you want to do it? I mean, are you wanting to do this new technology to make some brownie points and get into some magazines cover? Or are you doing it for, you know, uh, for a significant benefit to the business? So I think the biggest uh, trust building happens when you talk the language of business. Okay, that means you talk the language of business KPIs improving when you talk the language of uh, processes improving and you're able to create some sort of a credible story of how this will happen. And you know what? The topic that we are discussing today, sets this this topic itself creates a lot of trust when as an IT leader, if you go and tell the business leader that, you know what, I will be able to do a certain set of things, but you are going to make it happen. Now contrast this with another pitch, which is sign on the dotted line. Give me so many hundred thousands of dollars or so many millions of dollars and don't worry. I'll make it happen for you. Okay. We'll take care of everything. We've got partners. We've got, you know, my people we will probably hire some consultants and we'll make it happen. <laughs> you can imagine how much trust that will generate versus saying that, you know, there's something that we will bring to the table. There's something we can do, but there's a lot more it takes. Okay, you know, you will have to take those decisions. You will have to change some structure. You will have to do this and you will have to lead it from the front. We will help you drive it. And then we talk the language of the processes that, you know, these are the, these are the KPIs that will, that will uh, change. 
and uh, but there'll be a change management impact that you will have to manage as a leader i hope that answers your question sets so yeah we covered this uh, point manish rajesh very important question is digital transformation within an organization the responsibility of cio so rajesh i would say creating the agenda yes okay but cio is more of a catalyst you know is more of you know somebody who kind of you know sort of uh, rattles the waters you know or who basically creates that need for change okay who creates a credible story that you know things can change and how they will change but i have always believed it from my heart that transformation is the responsibility of a ceo or a cxo okay because you can also do let's say for example finance transformation you can do uh, in finance for example you can do a shared service transformation in hr you can again do a you know an employee experience transformation supply chain transformation so it's it is the ceo and the business leader who has to drive uh, transformation now cios and the technology leaders need to step up you know to help them uh, uh, do those transformation but you cannot delegate it to uh, to another leader let's go to gururaj he says role of it is to integrate with business objectives and to keep the business abreast of competition and maintain leadership position yes uh, of course uh, guru i think we are talking the same thing integrate with business objectives what makes business objectives happen it's your processes your processes deliver the business objectives your customer process your customer service process delivers the csi your sales process delivers the numbers you know your manufacturing process delivers a target cost and quality so we have a, a comment from seshu he says i feel process and culture important the prevention attitude will take care of governance managing change and uh, avoiding potholes so seshu i'm not sure what you mean by the prevention attitude if you're saying yes preventing you know uh, preventing any uh, let's say problems yes that's one of the uh, roles of it is to make sure that your processes are reliable they are trustworthy and you know nobody can game those processes nobody can play around and you know you actually prevent any kind of frauds or negative things happening hey i am your podcast host jagdish belwal i had a rich career as cio at tata motors and ge Now as an advisor I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. then uh, i have a question from manish he asks uh, what is your view on engaging people who do the actual job as agents of change they are of course not the business leaders so they can be effective in driving the change so uh, uh, manish uh, i think a great question engaging people who do the actual uh, job as agents of change i would say they are the begin beginning points of the change okay so people who are in the operations are the people you should start with because whatever you do in technology is going to impact these people right so your starting point has to be i mean when you start the execution your starting point has to be okay there is somebody on the shop floor or there is somebody in the dealership or there is somebody let's say in your warehouse okay how will this person's life become you know um, Uh, much better how can he finish more work in the same amount of time how can he become more uh, efficient how can he become more effective 
and your starting point in designing the brass tacks of you know those flow charts and all has to start from there it was not always this case but i think in the new world what we see is you know things are starting from a design thinking session things are starting from a user journey mapping uh, so 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 please read about these concepts if uh, whether you are a it leader or a business leader read about these concepts of user journey mapping or you know design thinking or user centric design and uh, and and make that as the starting point of your change because you know when the people in the operations see a positive impact on them i mean i would say 80% of the change management issues are uh, taken care of I, I can give you a case study instead of a gap. And so when we were starting CRM, actually, I've spent uh, quite a few days at the dealership along with my team. So we used to like about four or five people used to go to a dealership. We would have, you know, a couple of people sitting in the spare parts counter, you know, just watching how things are happening. You know, when the when the guy is a little bit free, talking to him. You know, gathering more information going and looking at you know how the warehousing is done you know how their binning is done uh, how your how their existing system stores data how they get their day to day reports uh, you know what kind of alerts they require i know a couple of people uh, would be sitting with the manager okay and they would say okay hey as a manager what do you want what do you want to what do you need to manage so what are your let's say end of day reports um, you know where do you want some controls where do you uh, see you know uh, somebody trying to uh, you know do, do something outside of the process you know so so they will have different needs i know maybe i or i and one of my colleagues would be sitting with the with the general manager or the or the dealership owner and we would be talking about hey what are your pains in like pains in managing the whole dealership you know where are those let's say processes between spare parts and service which don't get integrated where is it that you know you would like sales and spares and sales or sales and service to interact with each other so so we were doing it at uh, you know different planes at an operating level at a manager level at a at a, at a dealer owner level and i think that is how we were able to get a lot of things right okay, which made this program success so with that i think let's move to uh, the last part of our uh, discussion which is avoiding the potholes okay so <laughs> i would start with the uh, being aware of the hotel california syndrome okay now if you have heard of this song hotel california if you have not heard of it uh, you know try listening to it uh, it's a very very popular song from eagles uh, but more importantly uh, you know uh, just just read the lyrics of hotel california it has lent itself to multiple interpretations uh in terms of what it means but it's basically you know says that uh you know you can uh, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely place and you can never leave okay so technology is one place where you can never leave so uh if you have uh, taken x uh, system as an erp okay take it as a given from me that you will never be able to change x to a y uh unless there's something seriously wrong with x okay so the tolerance fault tolerance of any technology that you implement is uh, very very high unless something doesn't work at all you will not be changing it okay uh, even then you know you may feel that okay you know the cost of change is just too high so so now why does this hotel california uh, syndrome happens because techno implementing technology is a long term process pretty heavy in terms of cost in terms of the organizational uh, change management efforts required uh, in terms of you know 
the documentation, everything. It's it's a very very involved process. It doesn't take less than a few quarters to really uh, you know get something at an enterprise level. And all of these things, all of these efforts actually become the exit barrier because when you have to place that technology, it's not just the license cost that you will have to incur. It is plus implementation, plus change management, plus redoing all your integrations. And the biggest problem that you will have to face when you implement it second time is the organizational cynicism. Once a technology doesn't work, the organization turns cynic. Okay. So the first pothole that all of you as business leaders need to be aware of to beware of is don't do anything in a hurry. Okay. I would bring you to the, you know, to this, uh, the second one here, bringing quarterly pressures to IT implementations. Never, ever do that. Uh, I've got a, you know, um, I've got a case study here. Uh, this is uh, one famous one where I had one of the most heated arguments with a good friend and a, and a great leader where, you know, like he was tasked with actually implementing a customer loyalty solution and uh, he was given a certain timeline and, and he was pursuing it. He found a partner, he found the technology. So he had done the entire thing and uh, uh, the request came to us that, you know, hey, we should pass on our data to them. They have everything ready and we should simply set up a pipe between our CRM and them and then they will manage the entire loyalty process for us. Well, <laughs> loyalty means that you have to actually pass on, you have to actually, uh, you know, uh, get your entire customer database, your entire, you know, install base, the, the vehicle ownership and you know, everything, everything, all the transactions that are happening and I'm like, boss, this is just too big of a risk. And in fact, you know, we should be, if at all, the kind of CRM we have, the loyalty should be done inside this system. And the technology that we were using had a loyalty module, but of course that, you know, with the, uh, the scale ad that we were uh, in, uh, nothing would happen in like, you know, those timelines of a couple of quarters that uh, he was given as a target. So I offered to him, I said, you know what I can, we can, you and I can go to your boss and talk about it. You know, I'm ready to go to any level and make my case as to why you should not be passing on the customer data, the transaction data, the vehicle data outside of, uh, of, the, of the organization. Of course, one is it's a risk, but the second thing is that, you know, once it gets running and you want to do it, let's say one year later, you are ready to do that loyalty program within our system, you will not be able to bring it back, right? So I think I was, you know, the it was a heated discussion, then it mellowed down. He understood me, I understood him. And finally, we actually had a, you know, sort of middle path where what we did was, uh, he understood the need for doing it in-house. And uh, then he said that, you know, a loyalty program, has multiple modules. There's a sign-up module, there's a earning module, and then there is a, and then there is a, you know, a, a redemption module. So your redemption module will only come, let's say, one year later, right? So why not we just create that sign-up module and the earning module, which are the lighter modules, and we take it up later. So we actually found a middle ground there. Hotel California, I was able to successfully communicate. You know, we acknowledged and did not bring in this issue of quarterly business pressures. So, so that is, uh, you know, just an example of, uh, you know, not falling for it. Uh, and I think if you can look around, look around within your own organization, you know, some technology not working properly, are you able to throw it out? Most likely, no. So you will probably be living with it. You will be trying to improve something on it. It's hard to th throw things out. So don't take decisions in a hurry. Okay. Don't fall for marketing pitches, which is the last point out there. 
don't get uh, trapped into marketing pitches you must work with your technology team to run proper technology evaluation evaluations accountability of business results with it you own your kpis i'm really not going into a sequence here so you own the kpis and and you know you must challenge not just the technology team but but other departments in the organization you know wherever the dependencies are so you know i think a couple of sessions back when we were talking about these uh, uh, there was a session we did on rescuing failing programs and you know one of the case studies we had taken here guru raj was here from our audience and you know uh, the kpis uh, so the, the 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 implementation was successful but the kpis were not getting improved and actually the problem is was that you know the couple of people who were required to run that system it was a new role that was created by a planning system it, it was called a planner and that planner role had a bit of a bureaucratic uh, hassle you know getting through the hr uh, processes and therefore the kpis were not getting improved so you know as business and it you know we can keep haggling with each other as to you know why it is not happening but you know the problem is somewhere else so so as a as a as a business leader you know when you own the kpis then you are then you are you know not only challenging people how to you know uh, get your kpis on a on a on a positive trajectory but also you're taking ownership of you know getting the necessary things done with other departments to to really uh, uh, you know get the results going right i think the last thing is like you know um, creating shadow it there was a question asked about cyber security so shadow it let's define shadow it so what is shadow it shadow it is when you as a business leader or a manager you know you sign up you know for some system given by somebody without really uh, without really uh, taking it into confidence without really uh, you know the it policies and it controls and security and all of these things being applied to it so it's basically like you know running under the radar this is something you know that can get you into trouble god forbid you can have cyber security issues you can have you know um, you can have you can have things going outside of your uh, you know system controls you may uh, probably never get this data into integrated into your dashboards if you are running it outside so there are multiple implications of you know running it on your own uh, again you know why you do it is because of the quarterly business pressures that you somebody has tasked you to do it uh, you know in a certain manner within a certain timeline and therefore you go outside of it i think i think that's a pothole that can actually break your excel so so don't don't do that okay so these are so these are some landmines uh, which you should steer clear of okay and uh, and 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 very importantly uh, you know work with uh, partner partner with your it team partner with your cio you must challenge them let them challenge you and uh, take ownership of uh, the kpis center your discussions on processes efficiencies effectiveness transformation and uh, and and you can uh, be a uh, you can be an effective digital business leader all of the things that i have uh, uh, shared here you know i think they can give you a lot of confidence in terms of let's say starting and running something as a sponsor of a technology initiative or you know when somebody asks you know a hand to be raised hey you know we want to do this uh, in our company so who's going to be uh, leading it from the business side you know i think it will give you the confidence to raise your hand and if it if you feel like that i would say that's the success of uh, this particular session
you know, maybe a last call for any uh, questions or any rapid fires to me. Uh, I generally have a, you know, rapid fire round with uh, my guests uh, where they can ask me anything. So if any one of you out there, you know, wants to ask me uh, any last questions, I'll wait for a minute and then otherwise I'll close this. Okay, so there is one and it's not a rapid fire. It's a sensitive question. <laughs> sensitive question warning side. Okay. Uh, how do you as a leader stop what I consider resume magazine article driven development and business buys into it? Do we go to business and stop it or uh, go to IT leadership and stop it? It is a sensitive question. So I think, you know, there is some uh, good way to prevent this from happening itself sets is to have a policy that we go to any resume or magazine kind of process only once the success is established. Okay. I think when that was one of my first technology implementations and, uh, you know, we decided to buy this technology and, uh, you know, these guys, our vendor, a global technology provider wanted to actually do a press release saying that, you know, Tata Motors chooses, Tata Motors chooses XYZ for so-and-so uh, transformation, right? And uh, we said, yeah, not a bad thing. I mean, you know, we have run a process for almost one and a half years and we have selected this technology. Uh, they have also like you know uh, invested a lot of their time efforts solutioning efforts etc etc so, so why not uh, you know do this so i took it so we took it to my boss and uh, he just looked at me and he said jagdish no let's have one simple principle that we don't talk about any success as a promise but we talk of any success when it is executed and when everyone can see it as a success Actually, I was disappointed at that time, but I think I have always used that principle afterwards that don't publish anything unless it really is uh, successful. Now, I think that is where comes the principle of authenticity and trust. And it, I think, again, connects uh, to your earlier question, uh, sets to your or somebody else's earlier question around trust, which is that, you know, people will trust you if you are opening your mouth only after making sure that when you say something, your business stakeholders are going to really nod in agreement. You know, when you say, hey, we have done this successful implementation and your business is, yeah, 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 that's, that's a great success. Okay. But if you're going out somewhere and internally, you know, your uh, business uh, folks or even, you know, your own technology teams are saying, ah, yeah, you know, there's a sign off, but I don't think there's still a long way to go in terms of making it, you know, really, really successful. You know, you would lose that credibility and trust. So hold yourself to an internal validation first. I mean, this is a counterintuitive. Validate your successes internally first. Make sure that your employees are talking about it positively. Make sure that your suppliers, your dealers, everyone, they are happy with it before you go and publish it in a magazine or talk about it in a journal. I hope that makes sense uh, sets. Now, if this is happening already, I wouldn't want to answer that <laughs> in, in, in this forum. It can, that, it can get key because, you know, I know there are a lot of those initiatives already happening uh, around, which are more for the show and not for the dough, D-O-U-G-S dough. So uh, thanks for, thanks everyone for attending, for your engagement, for really great questions, right from cybersecurity to, uh, you know, the sensitive question um, and, and, and a range of it. You know, those slides were just 
placeholders to kind of just summarize you know the case studies that uh, that i wanted to speak about i hope you found it useful i hope you loved it as much as i did sharing my own experiences in being an effective digital business leader having worked with a number of those i hope you loved it as much as i did sharing my own experiences in being an effective digital business leader having worked with some awesome digital business leaders well do subscribe to the clarity chat podcast for more such conversations it's available on all major podcasting platforms next week i will return to clarity chat podcast with a special audience centric session as ama ask me anything i answer audience questions live in this chat hope you like this revisit of the ama session so watch out for our next clarity chat ask me anything session